Episode nine, here we go. We are rapidly, or I guess slowly, approaching the 10 episode mark. We've almost reached double digits, and I am very excited for the guest that we have on today. His name's Aaron Hardy. He has a massive week coming up, and he was able to give me a bit of his time, which I'm so grateful for. Aaron, on Wednesday, tomorrow, the 8th of March, is playing in the Marsh One Day Cup final, where WA will look to be going back-to-back in that particular feat. He was part of the Perth Scorchers team who won in BBL 12, who was named in the team of the year for the BBL. And yeah, he's, as I said, he's really rise to prominence in domestic cricket and he's really making a name for himself. And it's very exciting. As I mentioned on the episode, Aaron and I have a bit of history from a, from a heated contest that we had back when we were about 15. I was a lippy youngster which those of you who know me won't be very surprised by at all um, but we had a bit of a confrontation on the field and and then shortly after we realized actually we're not too bad of blokes he's a good bloke I don't know if I don't know what he thinks about me still maybe he's got a maybe he's still a bit cautious around me but it was very good to have Aaron on the show I won't take too much of your time because let's get stuck into this episode it's an absolute ripper he's a big fish Aaron Hardy Scorchers, Team of the Year, One Day Cup Final coming up, Sheffield Shield Final coming up in a few weeks. And I was so grateful to have some of his time. Make sure you like, subscribe to the show if you're a new listener. If you're an old listener, tell your mates about the show. Leave a rating, leave a review. It truly does help. We have a five-star rating on Spotify. Not too many reviews, but a five-star rating. I'll, I'll take that. It's very exciting. So please get around the show. Tell anyone that you think will like it about it. And Aaron Hardy, episode nine. Let's go. All right, well, here we are. I'm very, very excited to be to be joined by this man. He's got a, a flat out summer. He's had a flat out few months and there's more to come and it's it's not lost on me how lucky I am to get a bit of his time. So already I'm so excited with the, where this is going to go. WA cricketer Aaron Hardy, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Luke. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for a bit of your time, mate. You've got a you've got a big week coming up. Well, why don't you tell the uninitiated what's what's going on on Wednesday? I believe. Uh, so Wednesday we've got um, a home one day cup final. Um, it's getting South Australia. Um, 12 o'clock start, so get down there after work knocks off and come watch us hopefully uh, win a one-day cup, which would be pretty cool. That's awesome, mate. Yeah, you've had a you've had a massive um, a massive few months, as I said. Obviously, the, the BBL is probably the main thing that the non-cricket lovers, the non-nuffies talk about, but you've got the one-day final and the Shield final coming up. Now, before we get too much into cricket, we've got to do gratitude. I know that you said that you've been studying really hard. You've been working on your gratitude for a few weeks in the lead up to, to this yeah, episode. I've got a nice 15-minute uh, heads up, which, yeah. is, which is good. Yeah, sorry about that, mate. Um, I'm assuming that means you want me to go first just to set the tone, or yeah, do you want you to take the first? Yeah. Okay, your I'll podcast, you go. Thanks, mate. I told you mine will be a bit convoluted this week. They're a bit long, but they're all worth it. I was thinking this week uh, just how privileged I am in general, like straight, white, healthy, you know, 24-year-old man, life's um, has afforded me things that I'm, I'm very grateful for. And I was thinking this week, just sort of checked in on my privilege and was like, you're not entitled to any of the stuff you get. You should be very lucky. And there's people around the state and around the country and around the world who, who don't 
get the opportunities people like me have. It doesn't mean it's always easy and there's, you know, nothing going on in yeah, my 100%. in my world that stresses me out. But I am all in all very lucky and, and very grateful for that. Um, as I mentioned, I'm starting a new job this week, meaning I wrapped up my job at a warehouse last night. And I'm sure there's a few stereotypes of warehouse workers um, that you can think of, but everyone was really, really kind last night. Like we're telling me how much they miss me and how good it was having me and stuff like that. Um, there's almost a lesson in there of telling people nice things while they're there. You know, we always get to the end of something and you yeah. tell people how much you love them or how much you'll miss them, miss and, them yeah. and stuff. But I think there's almost a lesson of just check in and, and tell people during the time because you might not always yeah, get the chance to, to say something like that. And also I always offer to buy people a coffee, well, especially the big fish, and I consider you <laughs> one. So I offered to buy you a coffee this morning, but you said, no, mate, leave it to me. I'll make the coffee. So just for the listeners out so there, I guess. Free coffee for you, that's yeah, stoke. Free coffee, but also um, just an example of how much of a great fella you are that you've offered to make me a coffee. Obviously the latte art. Um, Still was, working on it. No, it was really good. It was perfect, <laughs> actually. It was incredible. It's not, it's an audio podcast, so we can say how good it was. Um, but there's my convoluted big three, mate. Why don't why don't you take the reins and people can stop listening to me? Uh, yep, no, well, it was great, great three. Uh, thanks for sharing. I think for me, um, big ones, family. Um, sort of what you just mentioned. So you don't sort of appreciate um, the the things while you're while you're in them. Um, sort of reflecting on the last 10, 15 years of my life and and how much family has contributed to to be able to get to where. I am today um, in terms of schooling, running around after school. Um, yeah, it's, well, I had two younger brothers as well. So um, the work that mum and dad did um, to be able to put us through private education, to be able to run us around to cricket training after school and then to another cricket training and then get home and, and have, have dinner ready to go. Um, I think, yeah, looking back, it's, it's a huge effort by them. Um, I think... Number two for me would be health. Um, yeah, I certainly know that in my career, um, one, one injury or, or sort of anything along those lines can cut your career short then and there. Um, so to even be able to go out and play uh, sport on the weekend is, is something that a lot of mm. people can't do. Yeah. Um, so to be able to have that physical health um, to be allowed me to go out and play um, is something which yeah, I'm certainly very grateful for. Um, and I suppose having things outside of cricket is another thing that I'm grateful for. I think um, looking back, I didn't get a contract for a year outside of school. Yeah. Um, so I spent a year and a half at university and that's certainly something I'm very grateful for because one, it put me a long way down the path of my university studies, which, which are ongoing. Um, but two, it sort of gave me a glimpse of the real world outside of cricket um, and school. Um, so I was working at a pizza shop, studying full-time, training for cricket, um, which was certainly a busy year, but um, one which I think um, certainly taught, taught me lots of lessons. A good three, mate. A good three. If I hadn't known about the pizza shop, I would have gone pizza and a coffee. That would have been perfect. <laughs> I've lost my, lost my pizza skills. I was a delivery boy, so... Oh, okay. No not too much skills left there. Just running around. Now... Well, we sort of chop and change. I'll have notes and then we'll jump around. Tell me, 
I'm really interested about the missing out and no contract. How's something? It was one of my questions, sort of. But what's it like when you, you know, you're coming through and then you miss out on that contract? Has it put you in a? Do you feel like it's put you in a better space at the moment to to realise you know how important it is to keep yeah. working? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I was younger, I think I would have been 18 at the time. So it didn't feel like missing out on a contract. It felt like it's part of the natural progression. I felt like the people who were playing cricket for WA, playing cricket for the Perth Scorchers were, they were so much better than me that it, I didn't even register that I might be with playing with them one day. Um, so it didn't feel like missing out of a, on a contract. It felt like just another year and, and you, you never expect to get those sort of things. Um, so even when I did get my contract the following year, that was still um, a huge surprise for me. I mean, I've been told by people by coaches that I was probably going to get one but I still remember the day April 12th um, <laughs> got the phone call it was about five o'clock on a Friday I was just about to go out um, for some drinks with some mates and I got yeah. a phone call um, so I was absolutely stoked so um, that year off certainly taught me lots of lessons but yeah I'll never forget the phone call that I got awesome Matt that's so good that's so good to hear and I love that you remember things like that now I want to take you I want to put you in a time machine and come and come with me because when people mention the name (laughs) when people mention the name Aaron Hardy it's the first thing I think obviously I think great fella like I'm always getting in touch with you um telling you you know how well you're going and stuff but it was it was Lilac Hill 2 uh it was a two-day game um Willerton versus uh Midland Guildford we I think I was was opening the batting. Uh, you took, and I've got this screenshot. So I made two off eighteen balls. Um, caught Ollie Arkansas, who holds yeah. a very famous um, two seven two. Yeah, the yeah. big record. You took five for twelve off eight overs, and then I thought, okay, I know that this kid bats a bit as well. Like it can't be, it can't be that great. And then you went out and made one hundred and twenty once we'd been bowled out for for 46 yep. <laughs> out of 195 yep. and I remember standing at cover and you just getting on the front dog hitting the ball through cover I'm like who is this kid uh, I think I gave you a bit of lip yeah I remember that I gave you a bit of lip as I did this with this is actually the first time we've spoken since that day yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's good no the security at either end of the table <laughs> um, but now for me obviously it's a funny story when we reflect on it I remember we were sitting in the tea room you'd made 120 and took five for 12 and I had my tail between my legs but and I remember you saying g'day and we actually got to know each other and (laughs) realized we weren't we weren't both idiots just me we were both a little bit different back then yeah um yeah I saw the the photo for your podcast and then it was a chiseled jawline and the slick back hair and I was like that's a little bit different to the under 15s Luke McPherson and then you rock up today and and there's the jawline and the slick back hair chubby little kid that just a bit of a that like talking was my my speciality on the cricket field but but I guess the question is for me that was the first time that I'd been like absolutely dominated by a kid who I was like this kid's a freak how many days like that are there throughout your cricket career is are those days still special or were they just like there were so many that just used to be what you did no no that that was special I think yeah that's the only time you've probably got the best end of both (laughs) Both skills there. Yeah. Um, the 105, I think I've, yeah, I've only done that once and it just happened to be in a game against you. Oh, there you go. Um, I'll take solace in that. And I certainly was, I was a bit of a man child back then. So um, I was definitely 
sort of more mature physically than everyone else um, at that time. But I think I was pretty set that I wanted to be a cricketer as well at that time. So um, I remember people would come off and you'd make a hundred and people would be calling you the man child and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was an element of being bigger than everyone else, but I was also dead set certain that I wanted to be a professional cricketer at that age. And I was sort of training as, as I would these days as well. Um, yeah. So while the man-child is a fair comment, I, I sort of deep down knew that, that um, all the training that I was doing was also paying off as well. So yeah, um, yeah, it was good. We definitely remember days like those because it doesn't happen very much. Yeah, well, I think it's good to hear that you um, did that well because you wanted to be a cricketer. Mate, I remember games at Midland Guildford. One of the mums made a really good egg and bacon pie and that was the only reason that I wanted to show off on a Sunday morning just to see if, she, if she'd done it. But... Um, so obviously you're a good kid and a lot of the athletes that I come through, they talk about they're always the best and then you get to being 18 or 19 and you get to the top level and you're not. You missed out on the contract and then once you even get the contract, you're in and out of the side. It's probably almost the first time you have to deal with yeah. non-selection. Yeah. What's, it, what's it like when you've come through that far and you've always been good enough and now someone's saying, oh, actually, you're not quite good enough yet what's that what was that like at the time yeah oh it's certainly certainly hard um I never really felt that aspect when I didn't get the contract because I like I said before I felt like I was so far off the yeah off the pace that it might never even happen certainly wasn't expecting it to happen um but I think people on the outside sort of see you doing well from a young age um but internally you probably see the setbacks that everyone everyone has um so, I mean, things that people may not know is I made my first grade debut um, at 15 and then two years later at the age of 17, I was playing third grade. Yeah, wow. Um, so I don't think many people would really, really know that and appreciate that you sort of got to a high level early on and then for certain reasons, um, you're back down sort of playing in the lower grades and, and after having a lot of success from a young age, it's certainly not part of the upwards trajectory that everyone's hoping for. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone has those setbacks and, and you certainly learn a lot from those. And um, yeah, if everything just kept going up and up, then um, everyone would want to play cricket because it'd be the easiest game in the world. Um, yeah. So uh, coaches, I think one of the best lines that coaches ever give is um, if, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Um, so there's certainly ups and downs throughout. Yeah. yeah one thing um, I, I run a lot at the moment and one thing that I always think whenever I want to give up especially because I live out in the hills so no one runs in the hills it's not like we're along the beach yeah. you know shirts off and stuff like I'm running alongside Row Highway just listening to yeah. trucks um, and getting swooped by magpies but I always take solace in the fact that I look around and there's no one else yeah. there so it's exactly like yeah. what you said if it was easy everyone would do it yeah. but you're searching for something yeah. Outside of yeah, that comfort zone. Yeah, you've got to dig a bit deeper yeah, than exactly. what everyone else does. Now, I know that you sort of touched on it then, but there's, especially in grade cricket clubs, suburban turf cricket clubs, even local park cricket clubs, there's always that one guy who is like, like people whisper under their breath, like, that guy was going to play for Australia, but X happened yeah. or Y happened. Now, when you get to that stage where you're in third grade, does it ever cross your mind that you're like, oh, I don't want to be that guy who was... You know, had the had the weight of the world on his shoulders, and and didn't get there, or is it just something you're like, I'm just going to keep going? Uh, I never really thought of that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you always dream to play for Australia, but yeah, I also know that there's probably ten thousand other people around Australia yeah. dreaming to play for Australia, and and not everyone can make it. Like we spoke before about you're always one injury away, or yeah, or there's so many variables. Um, sometimes you're just not good enough. You can train as hard as everyone else in the world, and um, you're just simply not going to be good enough. So I've always looked at it as if you train hard, you prepare well, to give yourself the best opportunity to succeed. Um, whatever happens, happens. If I play third grade for the rest of my life and, and enjoy playing that and, and have good mates down there, then I'm absolutely fine with that. Exactly. Um, now let's talk about some good stuff. Obviously the the BBL final, you team of the year, did you get no? Is that an official thing? So yeah, team of the year, mate, you've come from being in and out of the side, playing a few games a year for the Scorchers when the big dogs are away, and now suddenly before every game, they always mention one or two guys where it's like, this guy's important, and they're showing highlights packages of you. And I, from a personal thing, whenever I was watching the Scorchers play and I'd see that being, I'd be like, this is, like, I'm so stoked for you. Like, it's so cool, and I know you probably don't like all the attention, but it's, it's awesome the level that you're, that you're playing at can you talk to me about the feelings that you had around one contributing to your team and being a great individual but then the team wins it all it's it's almost yeah. like a perfect bbl for you can you talk to me about that a little bit what was it like yeah it was pretty incredible um and love listening and hearing people who are following you and and sort of um someone like you who sort of follows we haven't had too much communication over the past couple of years but um when you hear that someone's actually following you i've got a good mate who lives in rural kimberley and his family live up in Broome, yeah. and um sort of bumped into them a couple of weeks ago they said they watch every game watch yeah. every ball there's got videos of their reactions sort of when i hit a boundary and, and hearing stories like that um, it's pretty incredible um sort of what you can put out into the community and, and have people be able to follow you um so appreciate that you're following me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty awesome tournament. Um, it's one of those ones where the opportunity pops up due to unfortunate circumstances. Um, obviously, Mitch Marsh getting injured um, before the season and, and another international player couldn't make it over and he was probably going to be our number three batsman. Yeah. Um, so it could quite easily have been a big bash um, like this season before where we, we go on to win it um, I'm batting seven and um, have a few good contributions throughout um, but yeah just the opportunity arose to bat three and um, that's always always where I wanted to bat um, but so many good players that uh, once you get your opportunity it's pretty important that you take it so I was just stoked to be able to do that Were you always of full faith that once you got the opportunity like if number three is you what you want we always did you always have full faith that once someone gave you the nod that you had what it takes to be a number three in in a championship winning side oh probably not yeah i probably didn't you you do so much training and, and work to to build up your confidence that when i go out there i'm going to be able to hit boundaries and, and sixes and all that sort of stuff like that um but you never really know within yourself um until you're out there and you've done it so when i started at three um I was just stoked to be out there and, and trying to make the most of it and sort of build your confidence up as you go. Um, so the, probably the short answer is probably no. When I started, I didn't think that I'd be leading run score. I didn't think I would make it to... I'd hope we'd make it to the final. Um, but certainly didn't imagine playing um, as big a role as I did throughout the season. 
when when do you reckon you realised? Was there a moment that you can remember or a game when you realised? Because it might not be your first 50, it might take your second or your third, but is there a moment where you were like, oh, okay, no, no, I can, I can do this? Um, not really, because it, it just happens so fast. I mean, yeah. um, sort of made 50 batting at six in the first game and, and then stayed there for a couple of weeks. And well, one moment I remember is um, one of my mates sent me a screenshot of um, the Big Bash top run scorers list it was a top 10 list and I think I was sitting at 8 and I was just like was pinching myself I was like this is unbelievable like look at the names that are on that list like um, so when I saw my name on that list it sort of got real and I was like wow this is pretty cool yeah um, but it was nothing more than just that's awesome like, yeah great. And, and then you then have the platform once you're sort of in then you can like you can take it to the next level it's really it's really cool mate now obviously you've got the upcoming finals what I want to know what you're feeling are you obviously you've given me a, a bit of your time today and are you nervous are you excited you've um qualified WA's qualified for the home Sheffield Shield final yeah. so it's going to be all three you have the chance to win all yeah. three at home what are your emotions around that you've obviously won a shield and a one-day title yourself before yeah. so you, you know what it's like but what are your emotions at the moment yeah pumped yeah super excited for it um Nerves haven't really set in yet. Um, hopefully, feel nervous the morning, morning of, night before. Yeah. Um, I like feeling nervous because it means that you care about what's coming up. Um, so I'm sure those will set in. Um, but yeah, pumped for it. Um, it's going to be a good game. We know that uh, South Australia has got a pretty good team. Um, sort of come a long way in the past year. They got some fast bowlers who are going to test us out at the Wacker. Yeah. Um, so ready for that, and hopefully we can go. Back-to-back three from three would be a pretty cool yeah, stat pretty to have because we obviously won all three tournaments in Big Bash one day and the Shield last season. Yeah. Um, so if we can do back-to-back in that, that sort of gets to um, a bit of a dynasty level, I think. So that would be pretty cool. Um, now, what's it like? How do you go about dealing with the nerves and stuff? like? I'd, and one thing about this show and the reason that I talk to athletes, people go, I wouldn't listen, I don't like sport. But... Um, athletes is a it's a vehicle of the way that we can talk about the way that we feel and you guys all feel natural human emotions in heightened and entertainment settings so can you talk to me because people are going to have nervous experience nights when they're buzzing they can't get to sleep or mornings where they wake up feeling like oh their whole body's on edge is there anything that you do to to take the load off what what would be some advice you'd give to someone about the nerves yeah it's it's certainly not something to be afraid of. Um, like I said before, um, nerves are a good thing because it means you care about what you're doing. Um, so someone told me that a couple of years ago and I've sort of hung on to that. So embrace them, but find a way to control them. So one thing I do is I journal. Um, try to journal every day. It's work in progress. Um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Oh, it's it not sounds as easy, easy as it sounds. Because I'm trying to do the same. Yeah. And then just as you said that, I'm like, I didn't generally say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I always feel oh, 10 times better after I journal, write down your thoughts, um, whether it's cricket related, whether it's anything related, if you sort of get it out of your mind onto the page. Um, and it's something I've known about since I was in high school. Yeah. Something I've dabbled with throughout. Um, it's probably more something that I lean on in the tough times. Yeah. Um, and then I will do it every day. And then when I start feeling good, sort of go away from it a little bit yeah um which i wish i could 
keep it up every day yeah. and it's something that I'm working towards um, but for me that's super important and um, helps me sort of get into the best mental position men- look after my mental health yeah. um, through journaling because it's almost like the way that I describe journaling is when you've got lots of emotions and lots of thoughts it's very cloudy like they almost overlap and you can't quite see but you're pretty much grabbing one writing it down and you can see what's going on behind and the other thing you mentioned about writing down the the good times i told you that i'm loving audiobooks i just finished green lights by matthew mcconaughey yeah Yeah. have you read or heard about it mate i'm starting to get a nice book collection awesome that i haven't read yeah (laughs) it does look good on the wall um i'm looking for a secondhand copy so if you want to get rid of it i'll i'll buy it off you but he talks about equally writing down the good stuff as well as the bad stuff because when you're feeling bad you can go back to the good stuff and go what was i feeling what was i eating what was i doing what was i drinking on the times that i was feeling good so yeah it's it's really cool mate and i and i love that you talked about um journaling it's it's very special now it's a it's a complex question but why why is wa cricket so good at the moment like obviously there's so many guns and usually there's a handful of people off playing for australia and still back here we're winning um but is there anything off field is there any culture stuff or are we just are we just the globetrotters and we just go out and get it done like what what's sort of the secret from your perspective i don't know we're certainly not the globetrotters like there's (laughs) i don't think that even exists in the cricket world i mean you play lots of games in front of five people and it's day three and it's 40 degrees so there's not much Hollywood about that Um, I have a few theories on on sort of why we're doing really well at the moment Um, I think it stems back to probably 10 years ago um, when we sort of the young kids are sort of coming into the squad the sort of the senior players now the Cameron Bancrofts the Sam Lightmans were were my age um, and Justin Langer sort of took over as WA coach and I remember going to pre-season sessions and, and the work that these boys had to do um, was phenomenal, like three-hour sessions. And we still look back and we laugh about those days because some of the things that we got put through were um, pretty hard. Mm. Well, pretty hard, they were extremely hard. you sort of army crawling at six o'clock in the morning in City Beach. Um, but it built a lot of good characters around WA Cricket and... Um, taught everyone how to work really hard um, so they didn't quite have the success at the time period um, but I think that those values um, have got a lot of those senior players to where they are today I remember being 14 and going down and, and watching them train and watching Cameron Bancroft run until he was sick and I was like wow that's what it takes to be able to become really good Yeah. Um, so I think that has um, sort of Moulded the next generation, the Cameron Greens, the Lance Morrises, um, who are playing today and doing really well. Um, and then we just have such a good cricket family at the moment as well. Yeah. I think people who are in WA, they love playing for WA. They love living in WA. Um, it's not just a cricket um, feel. It's a it's a whole state where we just love coming home. Um, yeah, the excitement once we come home from an away trip, being in WA, um, getting out to the beach, just loving living and playing here and um, certainly means that, that the best players want to stay and play for WA. Um, 
and the Perth Scorchers, everyone wants to play at home in, in front of the home fans. Um, so I think those are a couple of the main reasons why we're doing so well at the moment. And what's your relationship to hard work? I know that we touched on the you being a man child, you just tall and everything comes easy. I can't imagine that's the answer. It can be if you want. <laughs> but what's your, have you always been a hard worker? Are you one of those, are you another that pushes yourself really hard? What What's your sort of philosophy when it comes to training and, and working on yourself? Yeah, I think I think that everyone who is an athlete has that in them. I yeah. think um, it's a cliche, but talent only gets you so far. Yeah. Um, certainly when I was younger, I used to work very hard and probably wasn't very smart about how I did it. Nowadays, it's trying to get a little bit smarter, which is not always my strength. Um, but yeah, certainly everyone everyone works hard. There's, there's not, no two secrets to it, I think. Um, look at a good friend of mine, Cam Green, who's playing for Australia now. Um, I think because him and I played very similar roles throughout um, our juniors, we kept pushing each other. Um, I, want, I was better than him for one year. The next year, he was better than me. Kept going, vice versa, um, throughout all our juniors. Um, so I think we pushed each other really hard together. Mm. Um, so I know that he's made me a better cricketer. I hope that he said the same about me because he's absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think having those healthy um, relationships like that are really have been big for me anyway. Yeah. Now, this is a hard question. I don't know how to ask it obviously you talked about cam and now he's you know he's become sort of the guy after you and him were one two is it what's what's it like for you because obviously you're mate and you want to see him do well but also there's probably like that could be a spot that you could take um what yeah i don't know how you want to answer it i don't even know how i want to ask it but but what is what has that been like seeing him sort of become the seven foot face of cricket yeah no it's been amazing um, yeah. like I said we're good mates we've, I've known him since I was 13 um, and looking back yeah we were competing for the spots and, and working hard for the same spot but never truly felt like that I know that we've played a lot together um, but yeah watching him now I just love watching him go out there and dominate because I've seen everything that he's done to get to where he is today um I think if you asked me four or five years ago, I was probably a little bit more bitter and jealous about what yeah. he was achieving. Um, but I've learned not to compare. There's no value in comparing yourself to other people. He's a very different person and athlete and cricketer to me. Um, and yeah, I love watching him go out there and, and dominate. Um, I don't watch much Australian cricket, but every time he's going out to bat or bowl, I'll turn on and, yeah. and watch him. So I love watching him succeed and, and do well. And, Hopefully yeah. we can do it together one day. That would be that would be nice. Yeah. Now I'm very I'm very proud of you for that answer because not a lot of pe- it's a very natural human emotion because obviously we're animals. We came from survival of the fittest. Where we do get jealous and we do want to be better than people and and there's you know sometimes there's a resentment even if you don't want to. It's yeah. a natural human emotion yeah. where sometimes you'll feel that. How did you? How did you come to terms and get to understand that? Because I know that a lot of people will just stay jealous, stay bitter and pretend that they're not, but it's yeah. affecting their life. How did you come to terms with, with that? And was that something where you had to check check yourself? Like, what happened there? Yeah, I, 
I don't know. I've yeah. I just learnt that we're very different in what we do. Um, he's naturally very athletic and fast sprinter and, and good runner and all that sort of stuff. I'm more of a long distance. I didn't. I don't know how that sort of feels into it. Um, yeah. But that's probably just a wake up call that we're completely different people, completely different athletes, cricketers, um, and yeah I know that he works harder than anyone else so he, he deserves all the success he gets um, and yeah he's there's perks and, and benefits of both uh, he spends a lot of time away from home yeah. um, a lot of time stuck in hotel rooms um, so he, he certainly is thrown into the deep end from a young age um, and he's handled it amazingly um, but also sort of gives me inspiration and confidence that um what he did has worked so well for him so hopefully if I keep doing that same stuff I can get to where he is today um, and I've always just had that goal of, of being able to play with him um, for Australia so I think that would be awesome Awesome mate, now in terms of obviously we touched on the Shield final from last year in the second innings, you know the game's sort of up in the air in WA for people that don't understand if you if you get the home final you're gonna, yeah you were but you draw to yeah. to to win essentially yeah. and it comes down to you the game's still on the line and and you walk to the crease do you remember the score and you walk to the crease in the I second innings we yeah. which like isn't a great situation after yeah. already being losing and you make 174 not out your highest score yeah. in first class cricket correct yeah yeah research said me well what what was what was that like how do you feel when when someone talks about you obviously Sam Whiteman incredible efforts but you were there the whole time with them and and it was a historic day for WA cricket and you were a massive part of it mate what does that what does that feel like for you yeah it was certainly very special um something I'll remember forever and um like I sort of said before I remember I'm sort of more proud of the people who were there watching that day and, and I know that my partner's family were there watching. I walked off and saw Dad at the top of the race sort of as I walked off. Um, and just a grin on his face from ear to ear. Um, walking back into the room, seeing the teammates, seeing how happy they were. Um, so I don't remember too much of the actual innings. Um, but I remember sort of once we'd got into a good position, you can sort of look around and, and sort of see the faces that um, mean so much to you and have helped you out so much. And that's probably what I cherish the most from, from that day. Yeah, and I know now I remember early in the conversation you talked about wanting to play for Australia one day. I, I feel like from my memory, that was the first time I heard Aaron Hardy and Bag Green in the same sentence. What's, what's that been like since then? Has that been something that you've been thinking about because once I guess once the conversation starts it it adds an extra layer of pressure and all of these all of these different things and I know it's what you want so what's that been like since that conversation started has anything changed for you I know you're going to say no it hasn't life's the same but what's it been like yeah no I'd say life's life's different I mean yeah from the back of that one day I sort of got picked to go in the Australia A tour to Sri Lanka and then went straight from there to England, which was something I was completely not expecting. So I went from, within six months, I went from having an operation on my elbow um, and not playing at all to sort of being the overseas pro in a London um, equivalent of a Big Bash team. 
yeah. and I was sort of pinching myself to how do I get here um, so there's elements of that where it, it's changed but um, I think the overall goal is the same and, and yeah you sort of surprise yourself on days like that with, with how well you're actually going um, in terms of the pressure I mean we've I think it's a blessing that there's so much cricket to play you sort of don't really stop and, and think about it all um, so if I can just keep myself busy I think that's the best way to do it and that's obviously still the the dream for you to one day wear the green and gold. What's what is that like knowing that, you know, the trajectory you're on now, you know, with Touchwood or whatever, but it, you are on the right you're on the right track. What does that feel like? There would be so many emotions that you would go through when someone like a hack podcaster like me says that. But what is what does that feel like for you, mate? Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like that's the case. I think yeah. it feels like, I think Shane Warne said he has way more bad days than he had good days in cricket. Um, so you still you still feel that. You get humbled pretty quickly in cricket. Um, so, yeah, you, you've never really sat back and thought about, I'm this far away, I'm that far away. Um, yeah, I'll just play cricket and that's all I do. Um, so I keep trying to do it for WA and, and whatever happens from there happens. I know that we said, you know, you're in and out of the side, you miss the contract, then you get into the side, then you're in and out. And now that you've sort of made it, does, was there any different steps that you took to take your game to the next level? Is there anything that you either had to sacrifice or add into your life to take things to the next level? Because as you said, talent only gets you so far and a lot of people will rely on talent. And there's also people who will have no talent and work really hard and and get somebody too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you did to sort of take things to the next level? Um, there's certainly not one thing which I can say I did this. Um, yeah. I suppose when I moved out of home, sort of started to take a bit more control for, for what I eat, yeah. how I sleep, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think that was a bit of a line in the sand moment where you sort of start to take control for, for your own life and what you do. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there's not really, there's a lot of one percenters that go into it and I wouldn't be able to pinpoint it on one. Um, but like I said before, I think before that Shield final, um, I had elbow surgery in uh, September of the previous year, which is obviously a terrible time to have surgery a month before the season starts. Yeah. Um, so I had three months off before then and gave, allowed me time to work on things which I wouldn't be able to work on if I was playing um, so I spent a lot of time batting whereas everyone else was playing cricket um, and I obviously couldn't bowl with my surgery um, did a lot of mental skills in, in terms of um, my routine before the before the ball um, and stuff like that and just enjoyed playing I played a lot of club cricket that year did really well for Willerton um, loved playing with them um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a different build up to, to the sort of climax of that season. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's just how it's played out. And what are some of the setbacks that you, I know that you, that you say it and we want to, you know, want people to take lessons. What are some of the setbacks that you reckon you've been through that have, what are some of the challenges that have happened along the way? Because a lot of people, they hear the word setbacks and they go, oh yeah, it can't be can't be that bad I've, yeah. I've seen him on tv like life can't be that hard yeah. um what are some of the setbacks that you've had to overcome is there anything any particular injuries or anything where you were like that's really hard it was a cornerstone moment for you. um i had an ankle surgery at the end of 
2019-2020 I reckon um, to get a bone removed and um, was having all sorts of problems trying to get that ankle fixed post the surgery so we went back and had another scan on it um, we found out that the surgeon um, essentially did what he was meant to do removed the bone from where it was and then something's happened and he stitched me back up and left the bone back in my ankle after the surgery um, so that was pretty frustrating time for me because um, I knew that I'd have another season of ankle pain um, and then would have to go and have another surgery in the off season. So um, April, May is your time where you go to Bali and you go sit on a beach somewhere and, and chill out. Um, but knew I had to get another surgery at the end of the off season. Um, so this off season coming up is my first season without having to have a surgery. So I've got a um, holiday to Italy booked, which I'm super excited for. Um, so there's things like that that pop up. I mean, like you said, you, you sit back and, and look look at how you're going as a whole and, and you're very grateful for your job and, and everything you do, but there certainly is those setbacks along the way. Now, you've talked about in your last couple of events, you've talked about the little sacrifices and frequent listens to the show, of which I think it's only me. Um, I know that I love David Goggins and his most recent book talks about the sort of like you just have to win each second like it's like a one second yep. rule um and as you said i've got a better jawline than i had when i was 15 i'm probably but there's always moments in my life where i'm like have that chocolate or go through yeah. that drive through and it's about winning yeah. that second how challenging is it for you because i know there's something that i battle with where it's relentless because your mind always wants comfort your mind yeah. probably doesn't want to eat a salad or do that stretching or yeah. do the extra recovery what's it what's it like for you trying to win those seconds all the time because it's pretty relentless to find yeah. that one percent and it's a it's a buzzword that people use it's like oh just do the one percenters but actually the one percenters are actually harder than the 20 yeah. percent going for a run because it's when no one's here and you're yeah. in the kitchen and you and you've got to make the right choices what's yeah. that like for you um yeah i mean it's certainly something that everyone goes through i don't think it's too different um for what we do I think I certainly don't try and win them all I know that you're allowed to have ice cream you're allowed to to have a drink with some mates and, and those are really important um, parts of mentally being healthy mentally getting in good space um, maintaining friendships um, so I, I certainly don't people ask if you feel guilty if you, if you have a piece of chocolate no because I like chocolate and it tastes good and, and I'll have it with friends or um, and we'll have fun and, and um, I certainly don't look at it as trying to win win every single one percenter I know that being a holistic attitude to, to everything is, is the most important way to do it um, so if I do X it doesn't mean I have to punish myself by doing Y yeah. um, so I, I certainly wouldn't say I'm not disciplined, but I, I like to have a healthy balance. Yeah, and I think I saw on your Instagram maybe when you were over hubbing in Melbourne, you, you and your partner were taking on a ice cream yeah. <laughs> constantly. Yeah, maybe once or twice. But it, but it is about you know um, giving yourself an opportunity because at the end of the day, I mean, we all want to be healthy and give ourselves the best opportunity to thrive. But at the end of the day. You're only here once, and chocolate is a great invention. So oh, 100%. you should really. Antioxidant as well, isn't it? Yeah, Apparently. something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it is about. Do you 
do you set any rules? Is there anything where it's like on a weekend or the day after a game I can um, do things? Or is it, you know, you, you trust your willpower that when it's the right decision, you can do it? Because I have to set rules. Yeah, I have to be okay. like yeah. Friday 5 p.m. to Sunday 2 p.m. That's when you can, yeah. you know, eat gluten or eat dairy. But the rest of the time, you got to be, you got to be on. Do you set yourself rules? Nah, nah, I don't. No rules. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't. Don't feel like willpower is an issue. I'm obviously, everyone who plays at a high level is very motivated to to do well. Yeah. Um, so if it's the night before a game and, and someone asks me to go have a beer, oh, I just won't. Like I'll go socialize, but I'm not going to be drinking the night before a game. Um. So there's, there's no hard and fast rules, um, but sort of fortunate enough that I've been educated to do what's right and what's wrong and how, how this is gonna affect you. Um, like you said, going to Messina when you're in Melbourne, that's not gonna affect you the following day and you're not gonna increase your risk of doing a quad. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go have 10 beers or something, you're gonna increase your risk. So um, I think that education part is, is pretty important, but um, like I said, trying to keep a good balance as well. Now, we always, we've come to the end of the episode, so um, congratulations, firstly. This is more of a marathon than your innings in, the, uh, in that Sheffield Shield final, but I always try to sum it up with some advice for the listeners, and I want it to, I want it to be able to translate. It's just not about, because there'll be some middle-aged women who listen to this show who don't need to know the aspects of a perfect cover drive, but maybe they want to, be healthier or, or something and want to win those one second. So in terms of the show and the themes for you, I think it's about making little sacrifices and I love that we've chatted on that. Is there any advice that you'd, that you'd give to someone who has is trying to make a change and doesn't quite know how to do the one percenters yeah. quite right or to win those, um, those one seconds? Have you read um, the book or listened to the podcast, Atomic Habits? essentially talks about trying to build a habit so for me the habit i'm trying to build is to journal every day just because i didn't journal yesterday doesn't mean that i have to cancel that as my journaling goal um essentially if i journal today i'm getting closer to becoming someone who journals every day if i journal today and tomorrow i'm getting closer and closer if i don't journal the third day it's not the end of the world if i have a piece of chocolate or ice cream it's not the end of the world but Every time I make a good decision, I'm getting closer to being the person who eats healthy, who journals every day, who goes for a run, who meditates. Um, so I think that's sort of the way I look at, at a lot of the choices and goals that I have. Um, just because I'm not doing it every day doesn't mean that I have to put them to the side and it doesn't mean I'm bad, bad person because I don't journal or I'm bad person because I don't eat healthy. Um, but if you can start making those 1% right decisions and and eventually get towards your goal, I think that's probably, for me and hopefully for other people, that's that's a really good way to go about it and become an all-round good person, feel good about yourself and enjoy what you're doing. So if, that's, if that helps anyone out there, no. um, certainly something that I try to... Um, that's how I try to sort of see yeah. myself. It definitely does. And I often talk about the fact that people talk about what's like your goal when it comes to fitness or running. And obviously I made a lot of changes in the last 12 months, even even longer. But I always say that I'm seeking perfection and self-mastery. Yeah. I'll never get there, but I know that the, the more reps I get in 
and the more effort that I put in, I'm getting closer. Every day I'm getting closer to that perfection that I won't even get halfway there, mate. But it's about the atomic habit where, you know, you do it twice in a row and then maybe you stumble. But, yeah. um, and I talk, to, I talk on the episode about zooming out. So if you think of your life as a graph where it goes up and then down a little bit and then up again, like it doesn't, you might be like, oh, it's on a downturn. But if you zoom out, you'll actually find that it's been yeah. tracking upwards and upwards. Now, mate, obviously you've got the, the final coming up on Wednesday, the Sheffield Shield final as well. So excited for you. So happy that you've given me a bit of your time. As I said a few times, you're, you're a great fella and I love seeing how well you're doing. Um, and also, you know, I was one of the smiling faces at the Shield final. Obviously, you, didn't remember. Obviously you put your family above me, but, but that's all right. We're at a different level. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's great to see how well you're doing, mate. And I'm very proud of you and everything that you're achieving and can't wait to, can't wait to see what's next. So, Aaron Hardy, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. Thank you. Hopefully next time I've got some latte out or, or something just to take it to the next level. We'll get you back on and maybe a pizza or something, or maybe you can just pick one up and deliver it. I yeah, know, deliver it to your expertise. Awesome, mate. Thanks for coming on. How good was that? It was so, so good. I'm so grateful to be able to have a chat with with Aaron, especially given the big week that he's come up, the big summer of cricket that he's had and everything that um, the future holds for him. So it was very exciting to to have a chat with him before before maybe um, his career really takes off. I, I truly I truly am excited for what the future holds. Um, he's a very special man. He's a very special cricketer, and it was and it was so good and so generous of him to allow me into his home to have a little bit of a chat, chew the fat for a little bit. Um, it was really special to have a chat. Good luck to Aaron. Make sure you get down tomorrow, 12 o'clock at the Wacker if you live in Perth. Get down to the Wacker and watch WA take on South Australia. It's it's really exciting. They're looking to go back to back. They've won a lot of one-day titles recently. As Aaron said, you know, they're on the brink of almost forming a bit of a dynasty if they uh, win the Shield this year as well in the one-day cup tomorrow. So I'll be there. Make sure you come down. I might even sign autographs. Kidding. That's obviously a joke no one wants my autograph but hey if you do send us a message and i'll i'll send you one free of charge um but it was really it truly was great to have aaron on the show what a man what an episode episode nine that's all so check in on your mind check in on your mates and i'll see you next time